Welcome to the Inclusive Education Project. I'm Vicki Brett. I'm Amanda Salohi. We're two civil rights lawyers on a mission to change the conversation about education, civil rights, and modern activism. Each week, we're going to explore new topics which are going to educate and empower others and give them a platform to enact change in education and level the playing field. Welcome back. I try to do something different. Hi, everyone. Because I feel like we've been <laughs> just being like, welcome back. It's just like the same like Bueller, Bueller kind of like situation. But you guys are still here. So thank you. <laughs> How Hopefully are you? you don't consider us to be like the teacher in the peanuts. Oh, yeah. Uh, there you go. Cartoon. Wah, 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 wah. Hopefully we're more engaging in that. <laughs> I know. Actually, I've been really trying hard to find different ways to like listen to all my podcast that I used to listen to when we would drive everywhere and it's definitely not you know I had like six different podcasts that I was like juggling just because we drove so much but I am trying so hopefully you guys are too I'm trying to listen we've been trying to keep them short and hopefully get you as much information as we get when we have these I don't know why I needed to explain that to them but I just figured it's my plea to everybody to just keep listening. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I guess we can say, like, you know, think of creative ways to listen. I mean, I listen when I take the dog and baby for a walk. And I guess, like, I could be doing other times, like, when I do laundry and dishes and stuff. So, yeah. Think yeah. of creative ways to f- continue listening to us. <laughs> exactly. Well, we'll bring you another amazing guest, Melanie Oates, who is an advocate, philanthropist, and motivational speaker. And we we're really excited to have her on so that she could talk more about her work as a nonprofit and advocate. So let's just get right into it. Melanie, thank you so much for being on our podcast. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. So can you give our guests kind of just a little insight into your background as an advocate, a philanthropist, and motivational speaker? Yeah. So first, I'm a mom to two kids that have medical conditions. They're twins, actually, nine years old. And one of them is autistic. The other one has a very rare genetic disorder. It doesn't even have a name. Oh, wow. Um, So in short, I just like to say a chromosome deletion. Yeah. But... In addition to that, she also has things like cerebral palsy, mm-hmm. epilepsy, which are seizures, she's nonverbal, whole list of things. So that's the mom side of me. And while going through that after my divorce, becoming a single mom, trying to figure out how to navigate through this world with my kids, I yeah. realized that there's so much red tape. Mm-hmm. You either, like, you're penalized because you have an education and you're working, mm-hmm. so you make too much money, mm-hmm. you know, a whole bunch of different things. So I, I yeah. just... I turned all of that pain and frustration into my passion project, which is my nonprofit organization. So that's where the philanthropy comes into place, turning my own advocacy into a philanthropic movement, if you will. And the organization helps families who have special needs children or have a disability themselves and they just need help. We give them rent, mortgage, mm-hmm. utility bills. Mm-hmm. But yeah. And I love the name, Here for a Reason. It's a great name for your organization. How'd you, how'd you, I guess, decide on that? You know, I was really going back and forth with it. And originally, I actually had started with it being Janelle's gift. But then I'm mm. so analytical. Then I started thinking, oh, my gosh, well, 
like she's still here. It's not like it's an oh, honor. Right. Her, like, yeah, you know? yeah. 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 <laughs> so my my analytical mind um just turned that and I really just trying to think like, what can I name this? And I just thought, you know what? Everybody is here for a reason. I went through what I went through because of a reason. My kids are here for a reason. Okay. Here for a reason. Mm-hmm. There you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So you had mentioned, you know, when you're educated and you're trying to get through kind of the bureaucratic tape, can you kind of give our listeners a background as to what what your background was? You know, obviously, did you get thrown into this after kids? Had you, you know, been involved in philanthropy prior to having kids? Just like a little bit of background. Yeah. So before I had my kids, I honestly wasn't that person that was fully like, dive into you know movements and all that i obviously cared about it but not to the level of what i do now yeah and after i had my kids i hadn't quite finished college yet so i decided let me go back to school just to you know so i can feel something more than just being a mom yeah i want to have something else you know with me yeah and i got my bachelor's in computer science so here I am, you know, female in STEM, because you yeah. don't see that a lot. Like, oh, yes, I'm going to be a powerhouse. We <laughs> can go to Silicon Valley. Right, right. Obviously, mm-hmm. this was before I knew about my kids' condition. Mm. I had them, but um, it was almost a year until we found out Janelle's diagnosis. Oh, wow. So, yeah, that whole, you know, I always wanted to be that software engineer girl anyway, but after having my kids, it totally, and I don't even say derailed the plan because like the name of my organization, everything happens for a reason. It's just sometimes you don't understand why. Right. And after having them, that's when that philanthropy really just went full force. Cause even though I was married, like things weren't working out. It was like me by myself advocating, going mm-hmm. back and forth, meeting other moms, dads who were going through the same thing. And it, I just, that, philanthropy hat and advocacy hat Mm -hmm. like went on super strong after having my kids so obviously you know having a child with special needs i mean any child is expensive but having a child with special needs there's a lot that goes into it doctor's appointment therapies everything like that and you know there are a lot of resources out there but you're right in the sense that like a, a lot of them you have to hit a certain threshold like a very low threshold to qualify be this like very low bottom of the barrel, low income. And so many people don't fall under that, but that doesn't mean that they have the, you know, the cash on hand and to pay for all these therapies. Is that kind of what you found yourself kind of in that, that dilemma, that kind of middle ground? Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly what would happen because I, you know, I had a great job, invisible quotes, impeccable insurance, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. But like we got so many denials, like for nursing care. Oh, oh wait, your child's condition is long term. We can't provide you nurses for that. I'm like, wait a minute, y'all are supposed to be the impeccable insurance. Right. You, mean you can't do it. So it's just like it was so much. And you know, here I am trying to be the best. I'm a single mom now at this time, just trying to do the best I can. And I ended up working three jobs at one time, just trying to make up the difference because it is expensive. So many people are like, oh my gosh, you were, you were computer science, you know, you're in management role. You should be able to do whatever you want to do. No, yeah. like, it's so expensive. Yeah. We yeah. have, you know, a child with a condition. Um, and we were, we felt that we felt it hard. And I actually 
I kind of, I took this huge financial sacrifice so we could fit into that category. It was short term. Mm -hmm. I had to do it strategically. I took a leave of absence and then we fit, a leave of absence for my job. We fit into that criteria to get her her nursing services. And then I went back to work. And because of that, we now had those services in place so we could be easier to get into the waiver programs. So I had to be very strategic yeah. with yeah. how to get through everything. Um, and it's not, you know, a wrong thing either. Like people can do that. It's just a matter of do you want to not have any income for a short period of time right. while you're taking that sacrifice. And I chose right. And that's not the first time I've heard that. I remember a news report, you know, maybe a year or two ago now, and similar situation, you know, child needed um, medical health services, insurance didn't cover it, dad had a job, mom didn't. They ended up divorcing, but strategically divorcing so that mom could get on, you know, the insurance of the state that they were living in so that the child could get, you know, their medical needs met, which just seems so outlandish, but it, so many people have to do that. And that it, it's so unfortunate if we just <laughs> provided, you know, the money that we needed for the well-being and, and health of, you know, the United States citizens, we wouldn't be having a conversation like this, which which is heartbreaking. Exactly. Or opening up the, the services that we do provide to more families. I know that that's, and it's so crazy that like we have nonprofits for that reason, right? Nonprofits exist to fill the voids that mm -hmm. the governmental services mm -hmm. don't provide. So is that kind of what you felt like, you know, your organization needed to do is to provide that financial support for those people who don't qualify because they're just not low income enough? Yep, that's exactly why I founded it. Because I'm like, you know what? Like, we were one month away from foreclosure because of what I had to do to get Janelle her services. I'm like, nobody should have to go through that. Right. You know, I hear, like, growing up, you know, you hear about beauty pageant contestants and they're like, oh, you know, I want world peace. I'm like, mm -hmm. you know what? This is my world peace moment. I am going to be on the stage. <laughs> And my stage is now, you know, this founder of this organization to help families because nobody should have to go through that at all. Yeah. So how do families find out about your organization or how are they able to get support from you guys? Yeah. So we're online. Our website is hfar.org. Stands for here for a reason. hfar.org. It's a pretty neat website. It just got updated, but it's very straightforward. There's an apply for assistance mm -hmm. um, link on there. We're also on social media, on Instagram, here for a reason, Inc., Facebook, here for a reason, Inc. We're very responsive. So, you know, DMs are open. You obviously can't apply to the DM, but right. you know, yeah. <laughs> no, the, the website um, is super easy, both on laptop and phone to like navigate, which is always so helpful, especially with some of these nonprofits that have like wonderful websites, but it's like, can't, where do I go to just go? You know, like where do I go to like it? So it's super easy. I, I do also want to touch on the motivational speaking aspect. It is very hard for most people to talk about their stories. Obviously, Amanda and I are part of a lot of people's lives and we meet parents, you know, in different phases of this journey that is, you know, having a child with special needs, right? We'll meet the parent that has accepted, they've grieved the loss and are very open about it. We'll meet the husband and wife where the wife is in charge of all the medical, you know, dad may even deny the child has a special need. What kind of motivated you to become a motivational speaker and share your story with others? 
One, just because I just wanted people to see that it is possible to, yes, go through a very life-changing experience, but still coming out on top. Yeah. You're obviously still going to be stressed. You know, you're still going to have things that go on because mm-hmm. it doesn't end. Mm-hmm. But just showing that you really can turn something into a passion into a purpose, Mm -hmm. even if you don't understand why it's happening. So even with my motivational speaking, even though my story is obviously my kids, you know, really changed my life, Mm -hmm. but it can be anything, you know, an unexpected death of a parent Mm -hmm. or, you know, you lose your job and whatever the case may be, you'll always find some success out of your story. You just have to, you know, really just wrap your head around this is my life there's nothing that's going to change about it and turn what some may think is negative into a positive and really just help inspire folks because yeah it's more to me than just the special needs parenting you know there's things that i went through growing it's so much and really just showing that it is possible especially (laughs) in my cultural ethnicity a lot of times Mm. you don't see a lot of African-Americans really highlighting and sharing, yes, my kid is disabled, but I'm still, you know, a success. So that was another reason too. I love that, especially because people, when they see themselves, it really helps in another person and especially in a motivational speaker. That's what will motivate them internally, right? To make a change or or even, and I've said this countless times, just sometimes even a shift in perspective, you know, it means is life changing. And I also like how you said, it's not just special needs. Obviously, we are all, you know, something other, like Amanda and I are more than just attorneys, right? Like, and I think people like to label things, but for you to kind of be able to break through those labels is so important for all aspects of the communities that you're trying to reach out to. Exactly. Oh, is that Logan? Hi, Logan. Yeah. He was chiming in there. Melly, how has, I guess just kind of as an end note, how has your advocacy, if, if you, I'm putting you on the spot, but if you have kind of a story of helping another family or, you know, just a, a feel good kind of story. I don't know. I haven't had my caffeine yet, so I keep saying story. Do you have like a, one that you could share as to how your nonprofit impacted a child or family in some way? Yeah. So our very first applicant, oh my gosh, it was so incredible just seeing and knowing that we had a, such an impact on her. Um, it actually was an adult. So that was another thing, right? It's, wow. You know, we're breaking the mold. A lot of, people, a lot of organizations exist, but it's like, if you're only, you know, 18 years or younger, you only have this X, Y, and Z condition. Mm-hmm. Like our organization mm-hmm. does not have red tape like that. Okay. You can get help from us no matter what. Yeah. So having our first recipient reaching out to us, it was one month after we got our 501c3 status. Oh, wow. She had a medical condition. She lives in, I can't remember where she lives, but it was an adult. And she had a doctor's appointment, an emergency procedure that she wasn't expecting and her rent was due. (gasps) And a lot of times in these situations, you have to choose between your health or your bills. And without us, she wouldn't have been able to get her procedure, which was definitely needed because if she didn't get it, it would have compromised a whole bunch. So Mm. just knowing that our first recipient was somebody that one wasn't the typical that you would usually see with nonprofits right, because she right. was an adult. 
you know, she was an independent adult but had a disability as well. It's like that people say visible and non-visible disabilities. Her disability mm -hmm. but she still needed help. So it's like we had all these check marks on things that usually people get, you know, slapped in the face for because they just don't fit the mold. So knowing that her condition was able to be taken care of because she got her worried about her rent, that was it, it was incredible. But yeah, that was our first story and um, our first recipient, if you will. And since then, it's just been you know happy endings after happy endings. We're at a hundred and I think in March we're at a hundred and thirty-five recipients so far. Wow. So I just told you about the first one. Yeah. But you know, two years in, 135 recipients. We've reached wow. different states. So it's just an amazing feeling knowing that my personal story, mm -hmm. you know, turned into this now nonprofit organization and I'm we're doing exactly what our mission is to just to help to eliminate that financial impact. That's wonderful. Thank you. That takes and we'll definitely include in the show notes your website, your Instagram handle, so they can people can definitely take the look and see if it's something that they either not just need, if they need help from you guys, but if they want to go and support you guys, I'm sure you guys take donations and money from organizations to help out too. So we'll put that all in the show notes. Absolutely, yeah, that would be wonderful. And yeah, we just pride ourselves on not having so much red tape because that's the yeah. issue that you know I found, and then obviously other families that I met too had the same problem. And I'm sure during this time of COVID as well, it's kind of thrown things for a loop. But it sounds like you guys have steadily been able to help because you know this last year, your second year was COVID year, right? So <laughs> I hope you put a big star next to year two because it sounds like you're doing amazing work in probably one of the most shocking times in our lives right yeah, <laughs> yeah 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 it's been amazing a lot of times you know people will ask how has COVID impacted your business how has it impacted yada yada I mean we're I really think the nonprofit space got you know was highlighted mm -hmm. even more in the you know the yes. COVID yes. Um, pandemic and we were one of the ones you know a lot we had more impact during COVID in comparison to our first year. Couldn't even talk because yeah. <laughs> I get so speechless about that. Yeah, it's, I know. I'm sure it's overwhelming. And that just kind of shows the greatness of humanity, right? In wanting to help mm -hmm. others, it kind of takes you out of your own anxiety sometimes, right? Right. <laughs> and I know for Amanda and, and I, you know, our nonprofit, you know, advocating on, on behalf of children with special needs, it's been something that, you know, I don't know that we would have been able to do, but for, you know, trying to figure out new and creative ways, which we've always been creative, but this year in particular, we've had to, I feel like we upped our creative game. So it kept us kind of like going, right? Like to a certain extent, because everybody's tired, everybody's over it. So for you to continue to be doing such amazing work, it just, it fills our hearts with so much love and gratitude for you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, we hope you that you guys enjoyed listening to Melanie, that you check out her website. Please check out the link in the show notes. And if you have any questions, you can reach her, like she said, on pretty much all social media handles. And we hope you guys reach out to her. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.